Well, thank you, Sylvia and Brenda and music folks and everyone making worship possible this morning. We continue our series, Following Jesus, and this morning we're looking at living in the light of Jesus. Last week on Easter morning, we read from Mark chapter 16, the final chapter of Mark, and Mark at the end of his gospel uh, summarizes some things, and uh, one of those is this moment here, and so I thought I would go to uh, John the 20th chapter, verses 24 through 31, which he references in passing, but John zeroes in on. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, as I said, we're looking at living in the light of Easter. I don't know if you're a comic strip person, uh, but one of the ones that I rather like is Hagar the Horrible, if you're familiar with that. And it's sort of a Stone Age guy, but uh, uh, really humorous, great insights. But in one of the comic strips that Hagar the Horrible, it shows him and he's sort of looking up into the sky. He's shaking his fist at God and he says, why don't you ever show yourself? Well, come and show, make yourself known to me. And, and then uh, as the frames go by there, there's a, a spring flower blooming and then there's the solar eclipse and there's a, there's a baby crying and then there's a lightning shaking the sky and then there's a stone being rolled away from the tomb. And he says, okay, okay. Every time we start to have the discussion, we always get all these interruptions, so I'm going to give up. <laughs> well, I think sometimes that's a, a picture of our own lives, isn't it? As, uh, as we wonder, we have the glory of Easter morning, and sometimes when we see our world, we wonder, is there a God, or we struggle with doubt, or we struggle with the darkness of doubt, we struggle with the darkness of sin and shortcomings, and we struggle with the darkness of hate in our world, and we yearn to live in the light of Easter, not just on Easter Sunday, but every other Sunday. But the truth is, maybe God is out there breaking through the darkness in the light of love and the light of peace and in the light of hope. And so with that in mind, I want you to walk back into this story. Now, as I said, Mark gives us a little summary at the end of chapter 16 of the things that happened. And among them, of course, you remember that uh, that Mary and Mary and Salome went to the tomb and they were filled with fear and they were filled with grief. But then they found that the stone was rolled away. And an angel was there pointing out that the tomb was empty and saying, he is not here, he is risen. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. And then we hear about the moment when uh, they ran and saw the disciples and, and uh, Peter and John came running and John even tells us they had a bit of a race. 
and that John got there first, but Peter went right on inside. <laughs> They're different personalities. Peter more impetuous, John more reflective, but they both believed. And then we see the moment when, of course, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene and gave her the first in-person news of the resurrection and told her to become the first missionary, the first uh, evangelist, the first pastor preacher, if you will, and to tell the disciples in person the reference of the resurrection and the personal witness that she had. And then we hear just before this in John where Jesus, Sunday evening, when disciples were gathered in the same closed room, appeared to them and said, peace be with you. And then there's always someone who misses out, right? And that was Thomas. And Thomas heard all these stories and he struggled with doubt and said, unless I see the nail prints in his hand, unless I touch his hands, put my hand in the, to his side, I will not believe. Wow. What a moment. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like Thomas? I have. I have. Thank God for Thomas. So human. And then a week later, the Sunday after Easter, which is this Sunday, we're told the disciples were again in that very same room. And Thomas this time was with him. And Jesus appeared again to Thomas. And Jesus looked at Thomas and noticed that Jesus doesn't scold or belittle Thomas. Notice what Jesus says. He says, peace be with you. And then he says, go ahead, see my hands, touch the nail prints, put your hand into my side where the spear was driven. And Thomas in that moment says, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, one of the greatest confessions of faith. And the words sort of echo through history that Jesus said to Thomas and no doubt all of us, stop doubting and believe. Now, a lot of us, we wish we could be where Thomas was, that we could see Jesus' hands and feet, we could touch him, and we could feel the moment, but we aren't. But because of Thomas, I know my faith is a lot stronger because I feel a lot like Thomas. In fact, John wants us to know that Thomas's nickname was Didymus, which means twin. So all of us have maybe a little bit of the Thomas twin in our heart and soul this morning but I want you to notice, I think that when you see in this moment that Thomas believes and Jesus doesn't scold him for his doubt, I think we're all invited to realize that Easter does break through in different ways, that the darkness of our doubt is broken through by the light of the hope of Easter morning. Because of Easter, even though we struggle with doubt, we know that Jesus comes to us and whispers to us in moments of Scripture, in moments of worship, in moments of so many other days, just like Hagar the Horrible. Maybe it's a flower in the spring that's blooming. Maybe it's the birds that are singing. And maybe it's the, a beautiful moment where we hear a baby laugh and we just realize there must be a creator. And we realize that the creator not only made us and formed and fashioned us, but also loved us enough to come in Christ and show us God's love and to bring the dawn of hope into the world of darkness and doubt. And so I invite you into the light of hope each and every day, not just Easter morning. And then there's the light of peace. And I think there's a darkness in our world when we look around and we see the darkness of sin and shortcoming. And maybe in our own lives, we have moments and chapters in our life where we failed and have fallen short. Or maybe we ourselves are struggling with forgiving someone else who did something wrong to us and hurt us in a, in a way that just profoundly broke our lives or, or hurt us so badly we feel wronged. And in this moment, what is the first thing that Jesus says when he enters the room? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And what is that peace that Jesus was bringing? 
God's shalom peace, a peace that reconciles ourselves to God, because Jesus paid the price on the cross. In fact, it's because Jesus says it is finished on the cross that he could say peace be with you on Easter morning and the Sunday after and every Sunday after, peace be with you. That God himself has reconciled us, brought together the worlds of justice and the worlds of love, paid the price in full on the cross. We would know God's forgiveness and God's grace and God's love. What are you struggling with this morning that maybe is uh, the darkness from the past, a sin or a shortcoming where you failed and fallen short, and you feel the darkness of, of the shortcoming? I think Jesus would whisper to you that there's the light of God's peace. Peace be with you. Peace that is reconciling ourselves to God. Peace that is inviting us to offer forgiveness to others who have wronged us. It doesn't make whatever the wrong was right, but what it does is invite a whole new chapter of, of uh, reconciliation and relationship into our world. And we become beacons of light in our world. If your world is clouded with the darkness of fear and the darkness of doubt, then see the light of hope. If your world is clouded by the darkness of sin and shame and unforgiveness, then hear Jesus' words of peace be with you. And finally, there's the light of God's love that comes to us that Easter morning. I think in a beautiful way, even though it's painful to look at, that when we look at Christ's arms wide on the cross, it's also God's arms of love reaching out to us. That Jesus was willing to give his life on the cross to reconcile our lives with God, to pay the price in full for our sins and shortcoming and show God's love in an amazing way. Sometimes all of us feel like Maybe our lives aren't as, as lovable as we'd like, <laughs> because maybe they're not. <laughs> but God loves us regardless. We are the sons and daughters of God. God made us, and God wraps his arms of love and forgiveness around us and offers us an invitation to love others. We love not because we first love him, but because he first loved us and paid the price for all of our sins and shortcomings and whispers to us to reach out in love to others. There's a great story that I love about this rabbi in the second century, and it was a beloved rabbi in this small rural village, and one day the people came to him in the towns, and they wanted to know how they could tell when the Sabbath had ended and when dawn had first come. And so they came to rabbi and said, well, how do we know when darkness becomes dawn? Is it when you can tell the difference between a barn and a tree? And the rabbi said, no, that's not when darkness becomes dawn. And the people said, well, is it the moment when darkness becomes dawn when you can tell the difference between a sheep and a dog? And the rabbi said, no, that's not when darkness becomes dawn. And the people said, well, how do we know when darkness becomes dawn. And the rabbi said, until you can see each other as brothers and sisters of God, then the dawn has not come and you're still living in darkness. Until you can see each other as brothers and sisters in God, then dawn has not come and darkness is still there. God invites us to live in the light of love, even as God shared his love with us. Today, with whatever you're struggling with, and sometimes we say, well, I just wish every day was Easter. 
I think Jesus would whisper to us that every day can be Easter, even though we celebrate that special day. Every day that is clouded with the darkness of, of doubt and the darkness with grief and the darkness with unforgiveness and sin and shortcomings and the darkness of hate in a world can change because of Easter morning. So whatever you're struggling with, God can change it, make it all new and different and alive. Listen to what Peter said again, as Sylvia read earlier, and this is Peter's witness decades later. He writes this to the church and to each and every one of us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean that there aren't some moments of darkness in our world and in our own lives. It doesn't mean that we will never struggle with some of the difficulties in life, and I, I myself had a moment where uh, this week I got to visit my brother Friday and Saturday who's uh, struggling with leukemia and spent all day then Friday and part of Saturday by his bedside. And you know, there's so many moments where you pray for healing and you wish everything would just be um, blessed and bright and you struggle with, with illness and grief and some of these things. But I am here to say that my brother's at peace, and even though we may struggle with this thing in our lives, and in this moment, it would be so different without Easter morning. Easter changes everything, everything. And even though we may struggle with the realities of illness and hatred in our world and even the loss of loved ones, Easter changes everything. So whatever darkness you're struggling with today, whether it's the darkness of doubt, realize that God's hope is there. You're struggling with the darkness of grief. Know that God breaks eternal in that moment and give us, gives us a hope eternal, even as Peter himself shared as he was sharing in a moment when many of the disciples had already given their lives for faith in Christ. And when your world is covered with the darkness of sin and shame and shortcomings in our life and unforgiveness, God breaks through in peace and whispers, peace be with you. And in our world, of course, struggling with hatred and all kinds of darkness, God whispers his love and wraps God's arms of love and grace, the same arms that spread wide on the cross, wrap themselves around you and whisper, you are my son and daughter, and bid us to love even the unlovely in our world. And here's the interesting thing. If you allow the dawn of the light of Easter to break through with hope, peace, and love, you get an added bonus, which is God's joy. Doesn't mean everything's always happy, but it changes life so fundamentally that we can hear God whisper moments of joy into our heart, even as we tread through some chapters of difficulty in our life, because we know that we're not alone. And we have hope and peace and love, and we get joy thrown in there, all the candles of Christmas. Today, I don't know what you're struggling with, but know that God has a plan and purpose. God has put it to rest on the cross, and God will see all of us 
through from this side of eternity to the next. And sometimes when you're hearing those moments where you think those are just interruptions, maybe those are God moments where God is whispering to you and God is motioning to you in all of that. I'm going to close with this story, which I love. The story is told of this Native American tradition. And this uh, Cherokee uh, tribe would have, when it was time for their young men to become adults, they would go out into the woods and they had to be there all night alone. And they could never share the experience with anyone else. It had to be something they themselves did. And so this young man came to the point where he was ready to become an adult. And so his father took him out into the woods. And the darkness began to wrap around the woods, and he sat his son down on a tree stump. He said, now, the tradition is that what you have to do is you have to sit here all night long, blindfolded, alone. And then when you feel the light of the sun break and dawn, you can take the blindfold off. And no matter what happens out here, even if you hear wolves howl and coyotes out there and maybe you hear a bear, whatever it is, you need to keep the blindfold on and be brave. And so the young man said he was ready to do that. And so the father put the blindfold on the young man and he sat there on the stump and he heard the wolves and he heard the coyotes and he heard the bear and he was filled with fear being alone in the woods all by himself, trembled many times. But then finally, he felt the light of the sun on his face on dawn, and so he took off the blindfold. And it was only then that he realized that his father was sitting right next to him the whole time. And his father said, you're never alone. I'm always with you. And I think it's a great image of us. Sometimes we think of the darkness that we have. Maybe it's the darkness of, of doubt, and maybe it's the darkness of hatred in our world, the darkness of grief, the darkness of our sins and shortcomings, and we think we're all alone. But God the Father is right next to us. He sent Christ to our world to show us the way of love and to give his life on Calvary and then be raised to new life, that we would know the power of the resurrection and the promise of eternal life and know that we are never alone. What was Jesus' promise that he told the women to tell everyone? The angels said, he is going ahead of you in the Galilee. Tell my brothers and sisters. He's going ahead of you. You're never alone. He's always been there. He's always with you. So today, as we all struggle and wonder why can't Easter be every day, I think God would whisper, Easter is every day. Sometimes the sun is clouded with the darkness of grief and the darkness of hate, the darkness of our sin and shortcomings. But God breaks through all that with hope eternal, with peace that only Christ can give us, a peace that transcends all understanding and the love of God Almighty. And yes, we get joy thrown in. We join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love and grace, and we do struggle with the uh, challenges and adversity of life so often, but we know that you're there with us, and the dawn of Easter does break eternal into the darkness of our lives as we struggle with so many things, including doubt and grief and hatred around our world and the sin and shame and shortcomings we all have, but your hope breaks eternal. 
Your peace is ever offered to us, and your love wraps your arms around us in a special way, and we know your joy. We, we pray that you'd help us to open our hearts and lives to all these gifts through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, amen.